Hello, everyone. We are live. You are live with Joan and Alan out of this world for another exciting event, this time with Suzanne Ross and Michael Jaco, as we really discuss all these tools of spiritual awakening, ascension consciousness, and more. So I'm your host, Joan of Angels, also sponsored by Portal to Ascension, just to let you all know. I'm an intuitive guide, transformational coach, and I love broadcasting and introducing speakers. And I am here with my co-host, Alan Steinfeld of New Realities. Thank you, Joan. You know, I think this is the fourth or fifth out of this world we're doing, and it keeps getting better and better. We go deeper and deeper, and we learn to understand each other. We intuit, and we can really go into this world and out of this world at the same time. And of course, we are coming together for today to help support Suzanne Ross's amazing upcoming Ascension Retreat in Sedona, happening March 17th to the 19th, 2023. And we're going to bring on a special guest after. Let's bring on Suzanne because she is why we're all here. Suzanne, you're Hello, Suzanne. You're always so full of you're so committed to raising consciousness. Uh, give us a little background about the conference coming up. Oh, thank you, Alan. This is my 15th event that I've done in Sedona, and they just keep getting bigger. And this one is bigger and better than ever. We have incredible keynote speakers, workshops, spiritual journeys out on the land, lots of vendors and food vendors, and of course, an amazing cast, including our special guest today, Michael Jaco. And yesterday, we spoke with Billy Carson, and there's going to be Matt Kahn and Paul Selig and William Henry, so much more. Just visit the website at SedonaAscensionRetreats.com to check out all the speakers. We're also having an Ascension stage that features many speakers as well. And so we're just very excited about this event being held at the Sedona Performing Arts Center. We'll also have musical performances and an exciting George Norrie live show. <laughs> yeah, well, it's gonna be great. These are the all-stars of our team, as I say, and these are the ones that are really making a shift in consciousness, leading the way, including me and Joan and you, and Neil Gar will be there. So um, I think it's going to be a fantastic weekend. Sign up right there, SedonaAscensionRetreats.com. It's, it's in a huge auditorium, but, you know, it could be sold out. So you want to sign up soon, get your tickets and get your workshops, too, that are being sponsored there. Just want to mention, I'm going to be bringing my art out, and both Alan and I are speaking there, too, and so that's even more exciting for all of us. So I want to hear about Michael Jaco. I heard him last year at the conference. I had a great opportunity to meet him. I've been following him, and I think he's an amazing, intuitive guide and spiritual master, so I want to hear about him now. It's up to you, Suzanne, to introduce him. Oh, is he going to come on the screen? Okay. Okay, I'll get the hang of this. This is just my second time. Okay. Yes. Michael Jaco is a former Navy SEAL and CIA operative. 
he saved his lives and the lives of his other Navy Teal Team 6 members. He was also responsible for tracking Noriega and Saddam Hussein. He used his powerful intuitive abilities in combat and even after as a CIA operative. And now he has dedicated his life to teaching others how they too can develop their intuitive gifts, skills, and abilities. I want to congratulate you, Michael, on your brand new book, Intuitive Warrior, Lessons from a Navy Seal on Unleashing Your Hidden Potential. I've been reading it. I love it. Everyone needs to read this book. Thank you so much for writing it. Well, thanks so much. Yeah, it was a it was a great opportunity to you know have the experience to uh, bring that information through. Uh, a lot of the stuff that I did within the SEAL teams and and the CIA basically helped activate uh, my intuition to a great level. All of us have it within us, and a lot of people have it suppressed. Uh, we, all of us here at the Sonona Ascension retreats, are going to help people to activate that to a greater level. Even if you've already activated it, you can take it to new levels. I'm always activating new potential, new abilities uh, within my uh, intuitive, uh, you know, realm of consciousness. So that's the beauty of, uh, you know, jumping in and, and being around people that are of like mind and being around people that are, you know, helping us extend our consciousness. You, you know, Michael, I'm really interested in your story and your that transformation where you go from you join the military, you're, you know, working high and work and doing and then suddenly I don't know, but suddenly I want to know how do you get to this other level where you're devoting to people as for as opposed to against, you know? Yeah, I, I think that, you know, all of us, you know, develop ourselves to a certain point and, and, and get us and we're we're at the place where we can, you know, unleash this this information, uh, as I call it, unleashing your intuition. So while I was in the SEAL teams, you know, I'm pushing my, uh, you know, extrasensory abilities because you want to remain silent and quiet and visible. So every, you, I could see people that were having these abilities, uh, you know, to know things that were coming. Uh, some of the Vietnam vets that I worked with in the beginning of my career, you know, just had these super sensory abilities way beyond what they're capable of on the physical level. So many of us were like, well, we want, we want to develop those too. You know, how do you do that? Well, over time, they a lot of times just spontaneously come through. So when the, uh, the student is ready, then, you know, the teacher appears type thing, uh, it's the same thing with these abilities. Uh, and that's why you, you definitely want to come to, you know, these types of retreats where you are around people that help you activate that. So for me, uh, you know, the warrior skills, I developed to a great level. Um, I went through uh, uh, sweat lodges. I went through Native American uh, spirituality. I did vision quests. And I think that really helped prepare me more than anything else to uh, go into these realms. And like you, Alan, I became a remote viewer and I, I was able to uh, start to play with those skills. At first, it was very simple, just looking down a trail that I had been down before and then meditating on it and then going down the trail. It's like, wow, I saw all this stuff in my meditation. So I just started doing it real time uh, with. Uh, you know, on a bike path, you know, where am I going to see the next, you know, person on a bike path? So I got hundred percent on that. And then eventually I started using it in combat zone. So I would send my uh, consciousness out on the road before we went down. And if I saw something, an anom anomaly that was probably going to be an attack or a bomb or something like that, I would hold my team up 
And unfortunately, someone else would get that attack. And then once it was cleared, then we I would look again. And it's like, okay, we can roll. So that's I started playing with it on that level. And it started to go to different levels. I could see in the time, uh, in the future. So it was real time, then future time. Uh, it was first, it was a couple of days. Then it ended up to be a week and a month ahead of time. I could see things coming, uh, warn my teams. And they, you know, the things that I was seeing, you know, happened just as I described them. But the really the biggest thing that happened to me was when I was in uh, um, Iraq and it was shortly after uh, we captured Saddam Hussein. Uh, so interestingly, uh, I was in a sweat lodge and we prayed that when I and we kind of like laughing about it uh, just before I, I went to Iraq, I was like, let's somebody somebody's like, what are we going to pray for? And somebody said, let's pray that when Mike gets into Iraq, they find Saddam Hussein. So that the literally the moment that I landed in in uh, Iraq is when they found Saddam Hussein and then brought him up. So you get these little anomalies that start to happen. You're like, wow, this stuff is real. <laughs> you know, this these uh, these meditation practices and these prayers and stuff like that. When you do them in a certain frame of mind, uh, intuitive mindset, as I call it, then you can really start to tap into some great stuff. So while I'm in Iraq, there was a. Uh, uh, Things started to get unwind. Uh, there were lots of attacks. I knew the attacks were coming. I just knew it intuitively. Um, one night I woke up and I'm floating out of my body and I'm like, ah, oh, I've always wanted to have one of these out-of-body experiences. So I always heard that you look down at your body to kind of get that you know, connection. So I looked down and my body was in pieces. I, I've, been, I've been blown up. So I was like, I'm not having an out-of-body experience. I'm dead. I'm, I'm out of body like forever. <laughs> So I was like, that's such a bummer because, you know, I feel like I'm really starting to tap into these abilities, you know, that really can help humanity. Uh, and then I felt this present. I looked up and there's Archangel Michael. Uh, and I felt he looked into my eyes and this love energy just into my body. And then I felt myself transported back in time, back into my body. And then I heard this massive explosion uh, in the distance. So I was like, that angel, because I didn't even know it was Archangel Michael at the time. I did the research and, and figured it out. So that angel like saved my life and put me back. <laughs> it's like, oh, that was. And so from that point on, I started having my abilities went to a crazy level. Uh, there was one time I was driving down the road with my team. Now we had armored cars. So you think you're kind of invulnerable to a certain extent, but we're seeing tanks that are getting blown up. Uh, so you, you understand that, you know, the enemy has abilities. So you, you have to really be on top of your game. So I'd been, you know, months after month after month, uh, you know, really using my uh, intuitive abilities and keeping everybody safe. So we're rolling out the gates of uh, what we call the green zone, the safe zone, where all the all the you know militaries locked everything down. There's guards everywhere. There's huge gates. There's tanks. There's everything. So you're safe in the green zone, and then the red zone when you leave that. So there's all these attacks in this one uh, road. It's called Kadisha Highway in Iraq. So uh, I just realized as we're rolling out the gate that I hadn't done the remote view because I always do the remote view first before we go. And then if I see something hinky, then I, I just hold everybody up uh, and just make excuses. But some guys are starting to realize I had these abilities, but I hadn't done it because I was just like, I got in the car. It's like, OK, let's go. And I'm like in zoning out. You know, I'm not really doing my thing. And then I, I get that we're in a kill zone right then. And we're getting we're. we're I'm about to die. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, my God. So I got kind of like that same 
uh, thought that I got from Archangel Michael. I got the love, the love energy that he sent to me. And I got in my head, send that love energy out as if every cell in your body is sending it out. I'm like, what? And, this, and I got, do it now. <laughs> I was like, okay, so good military guy that I am. You know, I started sending the love vibration out. And then the, the, the feeling that we were about to die started to dissipate and dissipate and dissipate. And then it was gone. I was like, wow, what was that? So we got back to our other compound, another safe zone. And we heard uh, that a group that had come out right after us, one of our, one of our teams, uh, they got hit by a rocket propelled grenade and blew their truck up. All those guys got seriously injured. Um, the truck was crazy destroyed. Uh, that would have happened to us if I hadn't sent out that love vibration. So I started to really use that love vibration from that point on. It was like, you know, did I really do that? And then I started to play with it, just like I did the remote viewing. Uh, and then it was like I would go into uh, a, a combat zone that had been every single day. There was like attacks, you know, hundreds of people dying in uh, some of these cities. So I would come into the city and just like I'd done that that bubble of love, sending out that love energy uh, and that that rocket attack that didn't didn't happen for because I sent the love out. I was like, well, why don't I do that for a whole city? And so I started to send out a bubble of love around the city. And I would think about that bubble of love. I really powered up. And then throughout the day or whenever it came to me, it's time to send out that love energy again. I would just keep doing it. While I was in cities, uh, there were no attacks. Uh, when I would leave a city, the attacks would happen again. So it it's kind of evolved over time. I started getting to the point where I would send that energy to other people as well that I knew they were coming to do attacks. And that's, that's how I started to uh, um, influence. Um, and, I, and I call it, you send love energy to someone that is evil and they have the option of either going with the light or becoming vulnerable because you're sending that love energy. They become, they become vulnerable. And a lot of times when I did that to, uh, terrorists that were hunting, all the ones that I was involved with, they eventually died. So they didn't like the light. They didn't like the love light. But when you send that love energy to them, it make like I said, it made them vulnerable. I did that with uh, countless, I mean, dozens of uh, terrorists that we were hunting. Uh, as as the CIA case officers were doing the information gathering, I started to focus on them and I started sending them love. And within a short period of time, they were gone. So yeah, the, these abilities, you know, exist within us, you know, I've, I've developed other abilities, but that was really the transition, Alan, where, where I made yeah. uh, that Archangel Michael experience. That's great. You know, it, it's so interesting to hear, you know, you're both a spiritual warrior and a, and a physical military warrior. Mm -hmm. And sometimes in our community, they don't, people don't blend the two. They don't associate being a, real warrior and spiritual warriors, somehow they're, first of all, so I want to address that. And then I want to address this, you know, love, using this, using love as a military, you know, weapon in a sense can change everything. And, and I'm just, I just would like you to address this. And also yeah. a love warrior. The angels on the military <laughs> battlefield, all right? Yeah. That, that's beautiful, Joan of Angels. So you know that Archangel Michael has a sword and he defeats, uh, you know, the devil. So um, 
that's that's kind of the way I am. I'm like a, an angel of light defeating uh, the demonic realms. Because when I look at some of these terrorists or some of these figures that are seemingly causing us problems, I'll, I'll look at them, you know, in the etheric realm. And if they're clean, then it's like, well, you know, there's just an anomaly there. They're, they're not really bad. But if I look at them and they have a demonic uh, presence on them a lot of times, uh, like I did all those terrorists I took out, uh, I'm like, okay, they're bad. But they, like I said, they have the option to go good. So uh, I send them, I was sending them love for a long time. But now what I do is I go in and I, I go to battle with a demon. Now I tried to do that in the beginning and it didn't work out too good for me. But over time, I got more confidence, got abilities. I got the armor of God on me. Uh, and in one instance where I, I kind of went, I was sending love to uh, a demonic uh, entity uh, and it came at me. And it's like, I just, just, you know, automatically, you know, armored up. And I was like, wow, I got that now. So spontaneously, these things, you know, will happen. But you can actually use, you know, me and other people that talk about it, you know, armor up with the armor of God. So you visualize that uh, and it definitely protects you. So all of us, we're, we're basically warriors of life. We've all been impacted by, you know, in different ways. Anyone that's in this this realm will tell you, you know, unbelievable, you know, attacks that we have, you know, whether it's physical, a lot of times that happens, or whether it's monetarily or whether it's, you know, through me, I'm on my 11th YouTube channel. So it comes in a lot of different ways. Um, it's, it's frustrating, but, you know, we're warriors. We're warriors of light and we're going to battle. Uh, we we will win. This is the most amazing time in history for hundreds, probably thousands of years from this point right now. People will look back on, on all of us that are in this battle and go, wow, they did an amazing job back then. What 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 incredible things they did, you know, standing up to this this darkness and winning for the light. And we're you know beneficiaries of that great battle that they went through. So it's, it's pretty impressive what we're going through. Yeah, I agree. This is an amazing time. That's why Suzanne has put together this incredible cat. No, I really think so, Suzanne, because you're, you're tuning into the collective and these are the people leading the next level of conscious awakening. So you want to talk about that a little bit, Suzanne? And ask my oh, thank you so much for mentioning that. Yes, I have felt called for the last 10 years. I had my first event in 2012. Uh, launching my first book, Wake Up. And I didn't want to be the only one on stage promoting my book. <laughs> so I started to network with other authors and speakers and spiritual practitioners who also, you know, were offering ways to raise the love light vibration. And so since then, I have had many different events in California, now here in Sedona. And I just feel so blessed that incredible people like Michael Jaco, yourself, Joan, say yes to being part of it. Michael Jaco will be offering a past lives workshop mm -hmm. during the event. And in your book, Michael, you talk about past lives that you've had, the influence they've had on your life now, and the transmigration of souls. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I, and that's kind of like the progression, I believe. Um, there's a niche of us that, you know, basically transition into the intuitive realm. And then there's 
beyond that, there's another niche that goes into the past life understanding. So most people are under the impression that we just come here for a little period of time. We're here and then we're out. <laughs> it's like there's that's all there is. But you have all most people will admit they just have these abilities in certain areas. For me, it was like being a warrior. Warrior was just so natural. And what I was uh, you know, guided to, uh, I started the Navy SEALs first hand-to-hand program. Uh, I, I learned from past lifetimes that I was in a samurai and, um, you know, had, had studied a lot of the, uh, the martial uh, hand-to-hand skills throughout time. So it was, it was, it was so easy for me. I was like, this is, this is so easy. There's no way that I couldn't have, have learned this at some point. So when I was a little boy, I, I had learned about um, past lifetimes and really believed in them. After seeing the movie Patton, where he talks about how he's at the at this one battle uh, in the past, uh, and when he was fighting Rome, uh, he was a Carthaginian uh, general, and uh, I was like, you know, I believe in that. So I started doing the research, started reading the books. Uh, eventually, I started to uh, go to psychics, and this was later in my life, you know, around forty, about the t- about the time frame I'm I'm getting ready to make a transition out of the SEAL teams and into this more spiritual uh, consciousness that, you know, I got into. So I really didn't have the time. I was doing the warrior skills, very physical warrior skills. And then I started to make that transition. So that led me to eventually, you know, do the study, the research into past lifetime. So psychics told me uh, that I was, um, I was, and this is one thing that I'd uh, done the research on the, the battle of Gettysburg. So I'd been to the battlefield, research on that time frame and i'm like wow i really feel that i was here and i feel that i was confederate general and uh eventually uh i was i did research and this one person like guided me to find out that i was lewis armistead so that was like the first lifetime uh where i actually found uh, uh someone that i could actually see and the the facial features, uh, I did the research on how, what he believed in, everything matched in ex- perfectly. It was unbelievable. I remember my wife was like, because uh, I was doing the research for like well over a year, probably two years. And I was trying to find this, who I was in that time frame. And so she's like, uh, so you're a general. And I was like, yeah. And she's like, well, well give me, show me the pictures of the generals uh, that were there at Gettysburg. Uh, and she's looking at him. She's like, she gets a picture that I had when I was uh, going overseas. I had to have these uh, passport pictures uh, when I went into embassies and stuff like that. So I had a picture of me with a beard at the time because being in the Middle East, it's good to have a beard. Mm-hmm. So she she took that picture and she's looking. She's like, boom, there you are. And it was right by Louis Armistead. I'm like, wow, that is me. <laughs> and uh, so I was like, wow, that is amazing. So from that point on, it just started to build. And I, I found like uh, up, upwards of 100 people throughout history, you know, that have have that physical um, similarity or, you know, they have the same mannerisms. They have the same outlook. They have the same warrior skill set. And every, it just matched throughout time. It's just unbelievable. Yeah. They say there's always a similar look in the eyes with and mm. as you incarnate into different forms. But if you look at the big picture, Michael, is there, I mean, this is, we're coming down to the wire here, but do you see a time where war and all the battles and all doesn't have to exist because it's gone on for what, 20, 30,000 years. So what do you see coming? 
I, I totally see peace. Uh, there's no yeah. question about it. There'll, there'll be a transition, of course, and it'll start to filter out. Remember when uh, a lot of us were locked down during that, that one, you know, over the last two years, Yeah. there was, there was no wars. <laughs> there was no terrorist attacks. Uh, so uh, someone is fomenting this. And I think that the, that group that's fomenting this is on their last legs. And that's, that's one of the things that we do as far as, you know, uh, being, uh, you know, consciousness revealers and, you know, helping people to find their consciousness. Once you make that transition, you start to see through all that. Uh, when I, when I, when I was in war, when I was in battle and I saw the horror of it, I was like, no one should do this ever again. And, uh, but it, but it continues of course, but I have my experiences and a lot of people, you know, have that bravado. Uh, they think that war is like romantic or something. It's absolutely horrific beyond belief. So, uh, we'll, more people, I think, are starting to make that transition. I don't see the the types of war uh, coming like we've seen in the past. I think the ones that are trying to be fomented right now with maybe some kind of nuclear activity, that's not going to happen. Right. Uh, many of us have seen for a long time uh, mm. that, that the nukes were done. There were there were not going to be any more nukes going forward. It's not going to be allowed, right. you know, and, and in a higher consciousness realm, even beyond our earth domain, you know, we have uh, intelligent sources that are around us that are getting more and more involved as we raise our consciousness. So right. that's another uh, so, exciting thing going on in, as far as like the consciousness expansion. Right. You know, I the caught your days. show. I'm sorry. I caught your show with Ishmael Perez the other day. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, he talks a lot about the solar flare coming and this instantaneous transformation of our society. Um, but I'm curious to know what your thoughts are on this, you know, this coming solar flare and the shift into awakening to our abilities and when you think we might see that kind of shift, because that is part of our ascension work. Yeah, I, I still see us. I see in March, which is, is phenomenal that Suzanne is okay. having that uh, conference in March. So I've seen uh, in the latter part of March, uh, we start to see some clearing. So in January sometime. Uh, there's some kind of transition that's going to be happening. Um, there's going to be some, a lot of, like when anytime you make a transition, uh, there's people have, they don't understand it. Uh, they're fearful of, of change. Uh, but I think a lot of people are ready for change. They just don't know what that's going to look like going forward. And that kind of little bit of fear going on for that, unfortunately. But for me, I'm like, let's, let's bring it. You know, I, I adapt very easily, very quickly. And, uh, so I, I see, you know, in the March time frame, uh, a, a massive transition in consciousness. Uh, it's it's great we're having this conference. I love it. Uh, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to get involved with it, because I felt that was coming. Because there's not a lot, a lot that I'm getting involved with right now. A lot of people that are in this uh, consciousness realm are feeling the same thing. So something massive, major change is coming, and it's going to be, um, you know, a little, little upset, upsetting for a lot of people. So further out from March, I see, you know, for the next couple of years, at least, you know, there's still transitional type things that are happening. People will take time to wake up, uh, but it will start to happen on a faster and faster basis. I think that 90 percent of people pretty much are going to be on board with the, the transitioning phase that we're going to go through. Uh, and then, you know, further out as things get cleaned up in, you know, there's lots of things that we've cleaned up because, uh, I, I've, I've chased after bad people for a long time. It, it takes a while to clean, clean them, you know, get them, uh, you know, caught and brought to justice and so forth. 
Well, I think there's be a lot of that going on for a I while. need to interrupt for a second. There's a weird sound. One of one of us has a weird sound. I don't hear it on my end, actually. But it's, um, it's kind of like a gurgling, it. but it stopped. Okay. It just stopped. But I was going to ask Michael that question from Ra Rachel Rose in the chat mm -hmm. there about how you deal with all the intense, I mean, war and Mama. what people see are the, is probably the most traumatic thing you can put the human experience through. How, how did you deal with that and how do you transmute it? Yeah, that's a great question. And, and hello to everyone in the chat. That's, uh, that's a very nice chat going on there. But yeah, the, uh, the easy part is, you know, being in that fearful state fearful stage of, you know, maybe you don't know what's coming. So you're, you're fearful about that. Now with me, what I, what I learned to do very early on, uh, as a, as a young guy going through SEAL training, uh, I learned to just relax through, um, difficult situations. So I, I go into a relaxation mode. Now, once I'm in that relaxation, maybe there's some kind of, um, echo coming from my, from my, from my end sounds like so when i go in that relaxation mode uh it's it's a lot easier for me to uh to get intuitive information so if you're not relaxed you're in fear intuition is not coming coming for you uh it's blocked so if your anger fear or, or the lower states of consciousness kind of like the muscle testing um that's been done in the past by um uh, what's that one guy that was right there in Sedona, uh, very, very famous guy. I can't think of his name right now, but, uh, he basically uh, talked about how muscle testing, you know, would tell, you know, what's going on. So I do a lot of muscle testing. I've done it in the Suzanne show, uh, last, last year, uh, lots of fun, lots of good stuff. Uh, it's, uh, it's going to be amazing. So staying in that love vibration. So when I feel, uh, you know, tension or anything like that, I just go, I just think love. And once I'm thinking love, then it's, it's done. It's all, mm -hmm. it's all, it's all over. I don't have any doubts. I don't have any, uh, you know, anxiety, any fears or anything like that. Wow. Michael, you also take very good care of yourself physically through your health, wellness and fitness. I just wanted to recognize you for, what you do, not just to support people by helping them develop their intuitional abilities, but how you truly are a master training specialist. And you offer people health advice as well as some supplements. I think I saw a video of you uh, talking about LifeWave products. Mm -hmm. And I was like, sign me up. How can we get LifeWave products? <laughs> so I wanted to recognize you for also supporting us in our health and wellness. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, the, um, you know, I'm always pushing the envelope on that. Uh, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun uh, to discover new things. Uh, the LifeWay products have been, uh, amazing stem cell research, basically our own bodies, you know, as we age, uh, start to reduce the stem cell, uh, that we have like 60% decrease when you're, you're age 60 and then beyond. So the, the, the light wave basically stimulates that through natural, just little patches, uh, has uh, copper peptides in it. So your body's, uh, you know, abilities or your, your radiation from your, your light, we're all light beings. So the light that comes out of your body basically activates um, the copper peptides and activates the stem cell within you. So naturally. And uh, so I've been using it for a long time. 
Uh, it's just it's quite quite phenomenal. But yeah, I mean, um, making sure you get enough protein in your body for uh, if you're you know exercising or not. Uh, a lot of us don't get the right kinds of protein. Um, uh, too many carbs, you know. So just learning how to how to balance that. You know, I go through transition phases where I bulk up and then I, I lean way down and do bodybuilding contests. So I do I do have a lot of uh, insight on that. But yeah, thank you very much. It, it is it is a great great time uh, to really work on yourself, uh, not just your consciousness, but also your body. So you need your temple to be in good uh, standing so that you can you can take your consciousness to the new levels. If you're fighting constantly, you know, you're in pain, uh, that's definitely going to decrease your ability to go into these consciousness states as well. Good point. Hey, Michael, I know I want to just get back to where you're in the war zone. You're feeling this love, which is just what a contrast. But did you ever feel like you wanted to share that with the rest of the army, with the rest of the you know, military, or is that too weird? Did they think, would they think you're too strange? You know, no, there, there was, uh, you know, guys that have been around for a while started to get that. And, um, we, we, we would actually tell people that would come into our groups because we're pretty, the groups that I was in were, were the creme de la creme, uh, lots, lots of background, uh, special forces background. You had to have at least eight years minimum, but there were some of them, some of us that had, uh, you know, extensive experience, like I had SEAL Team 6, which is like the creme de la creme of the SEAL Team. So um, uh, I took that, you know, abilities, those, that knowledge, that, ed, that you know, education uh, that comes through hard work and a lot of pain and suffering sometimes uh, and applied it to my spiritual side. So guys were starting to notice that. And some guys would, would ask me, you know, uh, especially when I came out with, with some of my my uh, books, uh, they would ask me about certain questions about things that were in the books and so forth. And I would I would educate them. So but not everybody. Some people would like when I when I said stay off this road on this day at this time, there's going to be an explosion. Some guys are looking at me like really weird. And, you know, mm-hmm. I, don't, I know you've gone through this as well. Yeah. So you're, you, you t- yeah, I'm seeing this stuff, uh, you know, got to be careful here. Otherwise you might get blown up. So, yeah. and guys are like, you know, looking at me like weird and okay. And, uh, you know, once, once they started to see that my uh, predictions and my remote viewing uh, was accurate, uh, they listened. Now, some, some people, you know, with their deep religious backgrounds, unfortunately would be like, I don't believe in what you're doing, but if you see something, let me know. I'm like, okay, I work with that. That's fine. <laughs> so at least you're not getting me kicked out of here because you're, you're, you think I'm a freak or something. So I think a lot of guys were like that. So we would get guys in uh, over time. So I'm working uh, with the CIA for, you know, well over a decade. Uh, it was, we were getting really good groups of guys together. Uh, we all kind of thought in, you know, the same way. We trusted our instincts. We trusted our gut feelings. We trusted our, uh, you know, intuition, because people actually started to talk about that because uh, I brought it up. <laughs> so people were starting to talk. So we would get a guy in that was like, I can't wait to get in a fight, you know, all macho bravado stuff. And I want to blow those guys away. And we we're like, hey, you can't talk like that around us. Otherwise, you're going to leave. Uh, so some of those guys left and we would find out later those guys were killed in combat. Wow. So all, all of the guys that really had that anger issue. So that's why it's very, very important. Um, not only so you tap your intuition, but you will attract 
and we started to notice that um, guys that were attracting uh, anger, fear, and stuff like that. Uh, a lot, almost all those guys that I saw that were in, if they were there for any length of time, they were, they would be killed. And uh, wow. so we would allow guys around us uh, that had that kind of mentality. Uh, of course, you still have to have that that fighting spirit, uh, but you had to be very uh, into, pretty much intuitive. So guys were tapping into it. There was a time when I was in, uh, I would go to uh, CIA uh, base camps. And uh, if they knew that I had these abilities, they would ask me to teach uh, so that they could expand their abilities. So it was, it was being accepted, not always, but uh, it, it was making inroads. And, th and that gave me, uh, gave me the impetus to, you know, go further, you know, step aside right. from that and then start to teach more and, uh, do the courses that I've done and, and doing right. these amazing shows that Suzanne has. So it's basically, you know, that type of process, I think everyone eventually gravitates to as far as like, you know, learning from other people that have had these uh, abilities. So I, I thought that, you know, I'm just going to be attracting guys, you know, warrior guys, like police officers, firefighters, and of course, military guys. Uh, but it ended up, 60% of the people that I work with or are, are attracted to my work are women. So, I, and, and at first I was like, why is that? That's weird. And then I was like, oh, duh, women are intuitive. They know that that's part of their nature. They're, they're, they're easy with that. Now guys, you know, we all we have to have that tough analytical uh, process. So it's a little tougher for guys to work through that, but I'm seeing a lot more guys now. I would go to shows and you guys are probably seeing it as well because I've been doing this for you know decades now. I would be the only guy sometimes at show, at some of these shows. And then eventually over the years, I started to see, you know, a couple other guys and, and now it's pretty close to half, you know, half the shows are, are guys now. So it's, it's really uh, come a long way. Uh, and I, I look forward to it to continue that process. That, that kind of makes sense to me. You know, what strikes me as amazing. You were creating a vortex of very high vibrational frequency at the love level, which is we know the highest vibrational frequency around. And from that, you you created a net of safety. All of you were required to keep that vibration high. But I think this is such a learning lesson. Like when we come together at the Ascension Retreat, you know, as we bring the vibrational frequency, no, nothing lower frequency can penetrate that is what you're saying. And you were in the military as a test case to actually prove the power of these vibrational frequencies and what ascension tools can do. Oh, that's brilliant, John. John right? Brilliant, yeah. And that and that's true. When I look back on it, I was like, yeah, I went through that 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 early stage, that early process. And I, I used to think that, hey, I'm a, I'm a king of the hill, being part of this. And then and then I saw my death, and then I was like, that's it's gone that easily, you know. Uh, so I, I'm the tough guy and now I'm gone. Uh, boom. But then once I went into the love frequency vibrational uh, consciousness, I've, I've been in far worse environments where no one, they were like sending Mike. So no one else would go, but they knew that somehow I could go in there and turn things around. They didn't know how, what, what was going on, but if they had a very difficult situation where everyone's leaving because it's too hot, they would send me in and it would turn around and then be, they'd start sending people back in again. I did that nice. over and over. It's because of that, that vibration that you're talking about, that vortex 
vortexual vibration. And that's what uh, Sedona has. Sedona has that vortexual uh, vibrational field. So I remember living there for several years. Uh, you know, I would I would leave and go on these missions and I come back just exhausted from, you know, uh, you know, going into these combat zones and, and dealing with, uh, you know, the, the craziness that's out there, as you can imagine. Uh, and as as I'm driving up, I can I could I could feel where I penetrated and came into that vortexual vibrational field. And it was like uh, it's like get into like a very relaxing, warm bath, you know, where you just relax. And it's kind of I, I had that over and over again when I would come into Sedona and I would stay there, regenerate, recuperate and then go back out and do it again. So it was a good experience. It was a good time. This well, is a really high vibrational vortex, all of Sedona. And living here, I notice when I leave the vortex, <laughs> I feel like I drop in my vibrational energy. And I can't wait to get back into the vortex to be supercharged by this really high spinning frequency of love light energy and also why I offer vortex journeys during the Sedona Ascension retreats. All of Sedona is a vortex, but there are certain places in Sedona, as you well know, Michael and Alan and Joan, where the energy is more intensified. And geologists and engineers have spent decades actually measuring these vortexes to determine where ones are spinning at the highest velocity and even the direction that they spin, whether they're a male or a female vortex. Mm -hmm. I offer vortex journeys out on the land during spiritual retreats here in Sedona. And I just love taking people into those spinning vortexes and tuning them in to the vortex. And so that's going to be part of our event as well. You know, Michael, that's how I describe leaving Sedona. It's like getting out of a warm bath. You know, it's like you're in the vortex. And could it be, I mean, what's your opinion that Sedona might actually be a place already ascend, having ascended to a, let's say, fifth dimensional consciousness and space? What do you think? Well, I, I totally, totally believe that. Yeah. And, right. and, you know, that's, that's beautiful. Uh, Suzanne, do you talk about that? Because there are masculine and feminine vortexes there in Sedona, very unusual. And it's, and it's, you'll, you'll get a vortex in certain areas like Egypt or um, Mount Sinai, or, but they're, they're different uh, energies. They're either masculine or feminine. So that's the uniqueness about Sedona it has both of those uh, masculine and feminine. So you, you need someone really that's an expert because you'll say, uh, go to airport, you know, vortex, but it's not always in the same spot. <laughs> so you can wander around and, and, and not hit it. But if, if someone's trained, like for me, I would, I would, I would feel it. So I move until I felt it and get drawn to, you know, where it was and then sit in that energy. So, uh, you know, someone that's not, not skilled in, you know, feeling the energies, uh, it's a little bit more difficult. So it's, it's great to have someone guide you. So that's, that's beautiful. You offer that. Uh, Suzanne. Mm. So that's that's one of the things uh, that I loved about that area. It's one of the things I love about traveling in other areas around the world uh, and finding those spots uh, like Machu Picchu, you know, beautiful, mm. beautiful energies there. Um, and once you tap into it and you're in those energies, it uplifts you and it takes your consciousness to a, a different level. And sometimes, like we we're talking about before, uh, 
past lifetimes, you actually um, activate or you, because I, I, I remember going to Egypt and I was like, oh, Egypt, that's a cool place. And then I was going, I was like, oh, I've been here. Uh, and then after I started doing the research, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm a pharaoh there, I'm a warrior there, all all these crazy things. Uh, so uh, that's that's another thing that's beautiful about coming in these months. So, yes, definitely on a higher vibrational scale. It's almost like it's it's almost not into 3D anymore. Right. So yeah. That's what we're describing. When you come into that energy field, that vortexual energy field, it's not really of this reality so much anymore. It's on, on a higher vibrational field. So that's another thing that I was talking about. It helped me recharge, you know, all the from being exhausted from going to combat zones and using uh, those those energy fields and leaving them. A lot of times I would leave my energy fields in some places where I left my energy field, uh, vortexual energy, love vibrational field, which I anchored into the ground. There's been no attacks there for over a decade. And, wow. and before that, it been attacks there like consistently. So Pakistan was was horrific uh, for attacks. But I went to all the cities where there were attacks and left vortexual energy that I helped, uh, you know, refine there in Sedona. So, yeah. So Very this good. is part of your work then. You also travel around and when you and Tracy are around the, the globe, you anchor in love vibrations with Michael Jaco. There's something very powerful to me as I feel into this energy of, of this love vibration, because that's what we all ascribe to. So to be on a battlefield or in, in that moment of choice, we're just reflecting love. You know, we know that love can, can conquer all. Mm -hmm. So I really like that. I think that's great. The other thing about, uh, about Sedona that I love is that each of those vortexes carries the ancient energies of ancient souls and ancient beings and ancient masters. And when I go there, I end up painting these inner cities with masters everywhere. I think including ourselves, I think we get called back to allow the mastering in us to come out. And that's what this ascension process is for me, that we all get to step into that higher vortex. So yeah. well, maybe, Michael, on the day that you're not offering your workshop, you might want to be part of our vortex journey going out into one of these sacred vortex sites and give us a little insight you tuned into the vortex and how you use your own love vibration to create a vortex. Yeah, that would be, I would love to do that. You'll jump at that chance. So I, I remember um, going to some of these places where vortexes were and uh, there'd been fires and so forth. So I, I, I'd walk through these areas. I remember I was doing it with my son one time and there was all this burn, this burned area and, I was thinking, why am I going this? Why am I still going this 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 direction? So we talk about how uh, the environment sometimes is imprinted. So I remember coming up and and I we we broke this this one level where there was no more fire. The fire had broke, and I was like, why did it stop here? So I'm like feeling, I'm like I look up and there, in the in the face of like this hill, was an Indian face, and I was like. He stopped it. So someone had, had imprinted, like I talked about, had imprinted um, his his ability. And over time, it had, you know, kind of gone into the, the face of the, the the mountain there. And it was it was beautiful. So I was like, wow, that that shaman energy engine uh, 
energy is very, very powerful. So I remember going to uh, many places like the peaks and so forth and placing um, uh, crystals and stuff like that, praying over them, meditating over them and leaving those crystals there when I felt that, that particular energy. So it's uh, it's Thunder Mountain right there in Sedona. I climbed that and I had unbelievable experiences uh, going up that mountain. Uh, and it was just before um, Easter. And I'm, I'm like climbing. I'm going all, I went the wrong direction one time and tried to go up this one chimney, climb up this one chimney, have a climbing experience and, and start, it got real brittle. And then I remember seeing someone fall and, and bust their head and die. And I was like, wow, that's weird. Okay, that's a good sign. I don't know if that's real. So I, I climbed back down and I hadn't seen it when I was going up, but there was a cross that was there. And I would find out later that unfortunately, uh, some a young young man had been uh, actually a young boy that was 16 or something had been climbing there, had fallen and died. Um, so I was like, wow, that's weird. And so I, I started, kept going around the mountain. I, I was like, where am I supposed to go? You know, how am I supposed to, because I'm going to the top of this mountain. And, uh, and I'm going to stay there overnight. And, uh, so I'm getting scratched up as I'm going through the brush. I'm like, what, what is going on? I never, get, I never get scratched. Uh, and so I did that one night and, a uh, a, a shaman woman came to me during the night. Um, and you know, was, we had words with her and we, we, we spoke and stuff like that. She passed energy and stuff to me. So as I'm, Walking back down, I'm, I'm like in total la la land. I'm like float, almost floating back down the mountain. Not, nothing touches me. It's easy walk down. I go all the way back home, and we're going to go visit um, friends and family uh, for Easter. And then it just hit me, boom, because I had got scratched around my head, all around my head, and it was still scratched. And I was like, ah. Like Jesus, you know. So I, I was like having all these different things were coming through in Sedona. So you you have amazing experiences in Sedona, especially when you're around the uh, the vortexual mountains and so forth. It's it's pretty impressive energy. It's going to inform you how you need to be informed, you know, because everyone make you may come with the preconceived idea of what you're going to experience. Uh, Sedona is beautiful that way. You're going to experience things the way you're meant to. But, you know, this whole conversation is about really how we're tapping into these multiple dimensions of awareness. And this is like the path of the ascension is what you're bringing in, Michael, is this ability and the recognition, you know, and talking about it activates other people saying, oh, yeah, I just had a glimpse of that. And this. so that's what I think it's great about we're all coming together like this. So thank you. Right. For that. Mm -hmm. And, thank you. you know, it's interesting. You don't have to be born an intuitive to learn these gifts and to develop these skills to to um, to do this kind of work. And a lot of people, because I teach intuition too, and there's a myth that you have to be born with these gifts, and you really don't have to. You have to have that willingness to train. Right. And, you know, a question in the chat was based on the work of Ian Stevenson. When you looked at that... Um, I think I think it was a Civil War um, general who had what was your do you have a beauty mark at the place where that guy was wounded? That was what Ian Stevenson um, discovered in reincarnation cases. Have you looked into that at all? I have something better. So oh, my yeah. uh, my kneecap was shattered and it's the same kneecap where he had injury. 
Um, and also, uh, I, my shoulder, he was hitting the shoulder, my shoulder, this, this shoulder had problems. That's where he was hit. Uh, he had three wounds. There were fleshy wounds. So they put him in a, uh, his, he had his, because he was a, uh, a general, he had his own little cabin and, and a, and a, a doctor was attending to him. So when I did a remote view back into that time, I was like, why did he die? And so something didn't fit. So I went in and I saw a doctor injected me and I was like, what did and it, it? The words came out to me. What the hell did you just injected me? And the doctor like looked at me like, kind of like that uh, and then left. And I died of malaria. He injected malaria into me. Uh, so they, they said that he, he swooned from his, his injuries, uh, heat exhaustion and stuff like that. Well, those are some of the symptoms that come from malaria. So I, I did more research and I saw that all the way back in New Orleans, uh, when the when the Union uh, soldiers would come through and free the slaves, it would follow the Union army. So they had to care for him and stuff like that. And they're like, you know, we, we, we're an army. We don't, we don't do we, you guys need to leave. And they wouldn't leave because they had nowhere to go because uh, they're, you know, their their former homes, if you call them that uh, the slave force were gone. So here they're now free and they they don't know what to do. So they're following the Union Army. Union Army's feeding them. And then I saw in um, in history there was a massive die off of slaves. And they called in a doctor, and the doctor shows up, and 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 still people were dying. Uh, and he saw the injection marks where they had been injected, uh, and they all died in the area. So this bio warfare goes a long time. <laughs> so. Wow. Uh, so I had I had past life memory. That's that's a beautiful thing, if you want to call it that, of the past life memories. Uh, and I when I do my past life presentation, I go into a lot of those different things. Not only does it inform you, but actually can make an imprint into uh, the consciousness of the world. Because mm -hmm. I had a, a Richard the Third lifetime when I was in Bahrain, uh, it kept coming to me. You were you're Richard the Third. I'm like I looked in the history. He's like ah, he was a bad guy. Ah. There's a fit. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, basically what happened is Shakespeare uh, was paid to make him look bad because it, because the the people that came in, Henry the Seventh and then Henry the Eighth and so forth, they were illegitimate. So they, they had to, like, make the everybody else before them look bad. So this is why we're here, because those guys were bad. And, and that wasn't the case. And so yeah. I was like, ah, oh, you know, I don't I don't think so. Uh, and then in Sedona. I come home to Sedona and my wife, Tracy, had, had, uh, we had bought a, a treadmill. So she's having me uh, put it together. And remember, I said I, I went to all of the peaks and I put uh, crystals. So crystals were like aiming at my house. Uh, and it, it was a very, very nice house. So uh, I'm setting up, setting up the treadmill. Uh, and I felt this pain in my back and I'm like, ah, and I fell. And I felt 11 stab wounds coming into me because uh -huh. I've been dying. Richard the third was one of my past lifetimes. Uh, and I'm like, okay, I was Richard the third. And then the pain stopped the next day. They found Richard the third's body that had been missing for like f over 500 years. Mm -hmm. uh, so that opened up a whole new thing where, yeah, they found out that Richard the third was not bad, uh, that they'd made him to be bad uh, for those reasons. Mm -hmm. I've brought up. So, uh, so we, when we do these past life discoveries, not only will it have an impact in our own lives, but it can have an impact in the actual consciousness and, and the, what's going on in, in the in the world.
because there were a lot of other things I've had people come on and talk to me about how soccer teams that were like, you know, nobody uh, that were in that area where Richard III, they took him back to, um, I think he was uh, from York. Uh, they took his body back there. And uh, this one soccer team, uh, their football, our soccer, uh, was very successful after that. And they were like nobodies and they ended up winning the championship. So a lot of different things, you know, happen uh, in consciousness and uh, the realities that, that go forward when we make these uh, discoveries sometimes. So in Sedona, when you do the workshop, are you going to lead each people, each person back to their own individual life or how do you that go? How do you work that? Yeah, I, I uh, you know, we'll talk about it. I answer questions. Uh, I give people my uh, experiences so they can know, hey, there's somebody else here that's had these. Maybe, maybe a lot of people have already, you know, tapped into it to a certain extent. Then I do a meditation. Um, and have people go back into meditation into because when uh, you do these past life regressions, as I found out, it's usually what is blocking you, kind of like that Richard the Third lifetime. When I discovered, you know, through that process, Richard the Third lifetime, then all these other lifetimes went boom, 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 just started pouring through. It was like a dam burst. Um, so we'll have things within our lives which will cause a, a block. A lot of times um, and going into a past lifetime will, uh, you know, unleash uh, whatever's blocking you, your consciousness in this lifetime. So that's that's one of the, the great things. So I'll lead the meditation and usually people will go into what they need to learn uh, or have discovery like, you know, past lifetime is they'll feel real about it and then they'll go home and they'll start to have make all these discoveries like I was talking about. And uh, that's that's a beauty. Of, of doing that. So same thing, you're in Sedona, beautiful energy, vortexual energy, you're in a vortexual energy zone where spontaneous things can come through for you. Yeah. And then you're being led in a meditation. I, I've had people say your meditation is the greatest. And uh, so it's not me. I'm just a conduit. So same thing. I tap into those energies of, of Sedona. When I, when I talk, uh, last time I, I gave a talk at Suzanne show, uh, I didn't, I don't have a preconceived idea of what I'm going to, well, kind of, I know what I'm going to talk about, but what I say is what that audience needs. <laughs> so I just let myself go and, and just uh, reveal. And that's the way it is when I do, uh, you know, the past lifetime stuff. So it'll, it'll a lot of times, you know, uh, open people up. So the last one I did uh, there in Sedona, uh, well, the first one, that I did in Sedona and uh, it was, it was absolutely amazing. I mean, it was sold out like boom, like that. So I, I told Suzanne, you, you need a bigger place. <laughs> so, right. she, you are the one who inspired us. Like she's going to go big. <laughs> and, <laughs> we were sold I, out. I invited Michael back this year and he looked at me and said, you need to get a bigger place. <laughs> I would have said it too. We I would have said it too. We and now you have all the greats. We have George Norrie coming and Michael Jaco and, and Billy Carson. We just have a great conference. And, and I think what I love the best is the intimate um, energy that you create. So, Michael, this has been great to have you on the show. I kind of wish the conference was this weekend. I'm really primed <laughs> and ready to look into it. I really am excited about your work because I teach intuition, too, and I, and I get you know, why women are seeking the, that instant 
really being able to hone your skills so you can trust your intuition every single time, no matter what. And so you've done such great work in leading the way. Let me ask one more question I just had that I've been thinking about is that Luis Elizondo, you know who he is, he talked about using remote viewing in military settings. Did you ever work with him or train with him? No, No, I never never trained with him. But on on what Joan was saying, yes, women are actually leading the way, I believe, uh, because the intuition is where we're going. And so they're doing it. I think they're doing an amazing job. We're we're seeing the mama bears out there doing their thing. So uh, the the daddy bears are are getting on board. But, yeah, it's women that are leading this. And intuition is definitely the way to go. Yeah. Well, good. We're lucky to have you at the conference, Michael. We're happy. Any last words, Suzanne? Well, I'm going to add the Michael Jaco tour to our website so that those people who sign up for the tour experiences will know which one that Michael Jaco is going to be guiding. It'll be on the day that he's not offering a workshop. So I'll get that added right away so that your fans and followers can sign up for that. I'm so excited about adding that to our oh, roster, man. Michael. That's going to be amazing. Great idea. Thank Thunder you. Mountain, because I think you have a special connection with Thunder Mountain. Uh, mm-hmm. I may have to go. I have a very special connection with Thunder Mountain. I just know that that dude was one of my friends back way back when. It's, it's so. intense energy, though, Thunder Mountain. But Yeah, but, it all is. So this Michael, is the ascension process. Yes. No. I just want to say, Michael, thank you, because I get the place you've dropped into that kind of peace. And that's what you emanate. And, you know, it's even more now, I feel it than it was last year or two years ago, whenever we met, it's like you've dropped into a deeper sense of that peace in, in my experience. Is that true? Do you feel like it's? Oh, oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's definitely evolving. Uh, thanks for that, Alan. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah I, I see the same. I see the same in all of you. You know, it's. Yeah. Uh, we we've all like progressed. It's it's beautiful. I love to, you know, love to see you guys. So yeah, this was a great show. You guys, um, you. you know, ask amazing questions. Uh, it's it's like I'm with family. It's beautiful. Thank you. Well, well, family. Well, thank you. Michael. Thanks. Our family's coming together in Sedona, March 17th to the 19th, 2023. So be part of that gathering because it will Peace. be next level. There it is. There it is. All right. Thank you so much, Michael. We see you in Sedona. We love you. You're an example of a divine mask, you know, like the divine spiritual warrior male love bug. Like, you know, just like like to have both sides is is what we strive for. So, uh, guys, you are so in for a treat meeting, Michael. And I just love you to the moon and back already. All right. Thanks so much. Thanks, Suzanne, for putting this together. Thank you, Joan. Always fun to be out of this world with you and into this world. So um, we'll be doing more. We have more interviews coming up with the rest of the crew there at the Sedona Retreat. And I look forward to setting up just a three-way chat so that each of us can sort of share our background and hear how we got to where we're at today and why we do what we do and what we do <laughs> and what we're going to be offering ourselves. Yeah. Let's do that next week or the week after. Let's definitely do that. Yeah. Let's, Let's do it. Get it scheduled. I love it. For tuning we can in. interviewing ourselves, kind of. We can even suggest the questions to ask ourselves. It will be perfect. I love all of you guys, I want to thank our sponsor, by the way, Portal to Ascension. 
www.thinkingdigital.org. Check out all of the of the thousands of hours of free content on that on that site. And, and thanks everyone for the chat. We had a great. Oh my chat god, a magnificent you. chat! You guys are just mm -hmm. wonderful. Check out New Realities TV, Joan of Angels TV, Suzanne Ross, and her her transformational work as well. And we will see you all next week. Bye for now. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.